What does loving your neighbor actually look like? This is Journey with Care, where curious Canadians get inspired to love others well through real life stories and honest conversations. Right, we are back for our third episode in this series with my adopted daughter, Danica. Uh, the first episode, we talked a little bit about your story growing up, mm-hmm. uh, what it was like living with your dad who suffers with PTSD, mm-hmm. uh, how that's affected you as a child. Also, just your school and home situation and how you transitioned into Bible college. And then for that second episode, we talked about from Bible college to the internship into joining our family and that's where we kind of ended off where I got to walk you down the aisle at your wedding mm-hmm. and you have unofficially I'm an undocumented daughter yeah now that's it so now we're going to go into that a little bit what it's like navigating being an adult adopted into a family both from my perspective and from your perspective so yeah. first off some of our listeners might be asking well What do your parents think about you being adopted into a family? Well, my dad's the easy answer. He doesn't know. And it happened. And because it was so natural, I kind of neglected to let my mom fully know about it until like a month before the wedding. And she took it well. It was tricky, but she just wanted to know you guys and get to know a little bit more about how it happened and so she and I have had like several conversations about it and she's really thankful for it because like you know she's walked me through it and she's seen the pain she's watched it and so she's really grateful and very thankful that I have this and that you know God's answered that prayer for me because it's just like she's been there the nights that I've just absolutely been wrecked and was really really grateful especially because I had this when my dad did what he did it's allowing me to heal and so after we had a conversation and explained it, like, it's good. And right before the wedding, I think we sat down with your mom for maybe a lunch or something. Because she's like, I want to know who's walking my daughter down the aisle. So yeah, that yeah, point. that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my mom, like, she also has people that are like family to her, too. So like, she really gets that understanding and has said, like, sometimes family's blood and sometimes family's just who you pick and who the Lord gives to you. So my sister was like, cool. Have they noticed any difference in you since you've gotten married? Yes. They're both really thankful for Jaden. I mean, like, it's helped and they've just noticed more confidence and more, I know who I am and I'm not ashamed of it anymore. And that they've just noticed an increase in just that I'm happy. It's like we live a province away now. It's like, it's not just because I'm sad and don't want to talk, but it's actually just because I'm just doing things that take up my time and it's... It's been really good and they're really excited for me. Okay, so how long have you been married now? How long has it been? We got married July 30th, 2022. So a year and like a half, I think. So you're still technically newlyweds, I would say. Technically we're newlyweds, yeah. We're, we're coming up on our second year this July, so. So it's been, again, like you felt like family before then, part mm-hmm. of our household. I got to walk you down the aisle at your wedding. Well, like, I, I think, like, on the topic of being walked down the aisle, like, because we didn't really talk about that in depth. Like, what was it like on your guys's end, like, after that, having that being solidified, like, for you and your wife? Yeah, that's something that we still navigate. I mean, my wife has taken a long time, and 
she's getting way better at this and I am too. Like when people ask us about our lives, about our jobs, how many kids do you have? Uh, the answer for the last, well, I guess 13 years has always been, oh, we have three kids. But now we're just getting used to, and I think it's becoming way more common for us to say, yeah, we have four kids. Mm -hmm. And then they ask what their ages are. And that's always interesting mm -hmm. because when we get to our, or our eldest is 24 years old. Yeah. And they're like, hmm? They're like, but how old are you? Like, it's yeah, complicated. Yeah, yeah it's com Right. That's always the answer. <laughs> it's always the answer. Mm -hmm. But we are proud to say we have four kids and we are proud to have you as, as part of our journey and our story, it's brought excitement to our lives. Even the fact that you're going into social work, just it's another child that we can be proud of hmm. for what she's accomplishing. And of course, having our children and our daughter, especially having a big sister, it's been a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. We talk about how he brings the lonely into families, but he also brings the lonely for the family, I believe. And that's what it's been, you coming into our family. It was a huge blessing for us and not just for you. It's not a one-sided thing because he knows what we needed. He knows what our daughter needed and he knows what you needed. So yeah, it's wild to think like going through it, like when we first met to like now, it's just like, I wouldn't have even like, and if someone told me that was going to happen, I'd be like, <laughs> no. And now like we're here. And so it's been good. And I think it was really, it was really helpful being a newlywed and having a male figure in my life and having that father figure because it's like I can talk to you as like parents and be like is this normal in marriage or having help navigating that first year because no matter how stubborn you want to be the first year is is going to be hard and honestly I couldn't imagine trying to go through the first year without you guys it felt like I had like a safe place and like a house so when if things were going great we all celebrated if things weren't like we were able to give you a call and like be there and like coming over to do laundry all the time is fun like just do laundry and we just all hang out and then when it's done we're like hey bye yeah i mean you guys come over every week which is always a nice treat for us too mm -hmm. i'm gonna take us back to your wedding day so i walked you up the aisle i honestly felt very proud of you and Jaden because we love Jaden, and i've known his family since i was younger so i've seen Jaden growing up which is kind of cool to see our adopted daughter marrying this kid that I grew up in. We're great friends with their family. We love them very much. They very much feel like our family as well. Mm -hmm. I was excited even for, as a husband, going into the family, there's always that desire that they have in-laws as well, that they can connect with. And that's something that he would have been lacking. I think if we mm -hmm. wouldn't have stepped in, not to say we're the saviors or the answer to all the prayers and everything that he hoped for, but we were excited for Jaden to have that. Yeah, I was really excited about that too. I'm glad you brought that up because it's just, you know, so much has happened since we got married. That it's, it's easy to forget all the good stuff that's come out of it. And it's really good that he gets to have that because I know early on when we're talking and stuff, I'm like, you know, like if we do get married, like you're not going to have in-laws on my side. Like you don't get to experience that. And then sometimes it's like, feels like the Lord's like, joke's on you. And it was, it was a good joke. It was like, it was, I just wonder what he would have been like, you know, with me saying that, he's like, uh-huh. <laughs> and we're like, I don't know, a few months away from like that happening. And so it's just been really good to see that and see because he is really close with you guys too. And it's really, it's fun to see him bonding with you guys. And We might talk about last episode a bit, but what was that like for you to have me walk you down the aisle? It helped a lot with the grief. I don't know what it would have been like because like I don't love being the center of attention and everyone looking at me. 
And that's what a wedding generally is. is. <laughs> um, it took a lot of stress off, honestly, because it's like I wasn't the only one being looked at, which is nice. It's hard to explain because it was just like one of those moments because like you're walking me down the aisle and I'm like, this is fantastic. And then I'm getting married and it's like this big day full of emotions. But I remember like, I'm really think looking back on the wedding, I'm really happy that happened because it doesn't feel like I had that gap. And it really helped because then I could see like you guys sitting at a table together and like I knew that my dad was there. And so it really helped fill that void. Not only did like I feel like really loved by you guys, it really felt loved by God and super thankful. And also just I needed it. And I think it made the wedding day overall more enjoyable for me because it was one one less gap on my side that was open and noticeable. And it was really nice to have that because I feel like that was the most important gap for me to have filled. Do you recall anything that I said to you at the wedding? Because I honestly don't remember if I said anything to you. You did. I do remember that because you're like, all right, you ready? And I was like, yep. And before we um left, like the the room where I was hiding. The room, we were outside. It was very hot. It was very, <laughs> it was like, we got engaged on the like coldest day of the year and got married on the hottest day of the year. 40 degrees outside or something. Yeah. Yeah. 40 degrees below when we got engaged. Um, Welcome to Winnipeg. Yeah. Welcome to Winnipeg. True Winnipegger now. You were, you did say like, I'm not here to replace your dad and I. I know I never would replace him for you. And you were like, I just, I really hope that you, you said something like the simple act would be, would be a blessing to me. And so it was, it was something along those lines. So you did say something to me. Oh, good job. Pat on my back. Yeah, that sounds pat, good to me. <laughs> pat on your back. Yeah. So like we said, you guys are over every week doing laundry, just part of the family, eating lots of meals together, doing Christmas together. I know that first Christmas, let's, let's talk about that first Christmas yeah. maybe. I know that Christmas is hard for you, and it is with a lot of kids that grew up with family difficulties. And so we invited you into our Christmas gathering, obviously. Mm -hmm. We didn't really need to invite you. It was kind of a given. Although I think that first, you needed to be invited yeah, at that point. Yeah, the first year it was. Yeah. I think that is one of the challenges, too, is the firsts. Mm. It's like, oh, first Easter, we need to invite you. But then, like, the second one, like, it's fine. But I was really excited because, like, I don't know why I didn't expect it, but I didn't. And it was fun. The first Christmas, like, we were here till, like, 2 a.m. It was last year. Us girls, like, all, like, matching pajamas. And you guys gifted us, like, our first Christmas ornament for our tree is, like, a married couple. And it was just really cool just getting to come alongside into your guys' traditions. And, and build some new traditions because yeah. you guys are have joined the family, right? Like, even our breakfast dish that... Yeah. We started. Everybody yeah. loves it. Yeah, we have that that skillet meal. And then um, I think it's like kind of becoming a tradition that we just end up watching like some sort of funny movie all together. Yeah. It's just this year we were a lot more responsible with what time we started it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was great. That first Christmas, I think it was really fun, like getting to stay up that late. So I think it's just like we were all just enjoying it so much. And I remember like, oh, man, the kids were just all five of us like with as kids, like we were just amped all day. Like we were acting like we were like not the ages we were <laughs> but it, it was really good and like we have a lot of really good memories from that first christmas and of course this one too so yeah it helps like it's even just being invited into it like i just want to say for people out there like even if you don't feel like you're being directed to adopt an adult like even just having like someone like being like a close family friend invite them to family events and things like it might be weird at first but people won't come up and say to you like i don't have anyone can i come to your christmas like that's not common and so 
just encourage that if you know people that you think or they have told you the holidays are hard, like include them. Yeah. Like everyone needs it. And for me, I'm very thankful that I have that added level that it is it is family. And so we just we get to build those new traditions and, you know, incorporate your guys's traditions. And it's, it's really good. Now, along with any family dynamics, not everything is beautiful and rosy all the time. No. We look forward to having you guys over every week as kids. But like anything, like sometimes having people over, it's sometimes uncomfortable because it disrupts sometimes just mm -hmm. chilling some nights where, okay, they, they need to sit and have conversations. Yeah, yeah. But that's just part of life. That is part of life. No, but it, and it's any family like it's challenging. Like there's yeah. going to be nights as parents that you're going to be like, you want to chill. I would say like in the last six months, that challenge just started reducing. Like now we just sometimes just come over and we just do our own thing. Yeah, it feels like there were some expectations in the first little while to really mm -hmm. set those family dynamics. Okay, yeah. Jaden and Danica are coming over. We need to make sure we set time aside to have conversations. And that's good. Yeah. You got to have that. But mm -hmm. it feels like it's starting to become natural now Yeah, that you are just family. You can walk through the door and just hang out and be who you are. Yeah, yeah. It's also challenging for us sometimes, like coming every Monday. Like I have my practical placement Mondays. Or like sometimes we'll come on a Tuesday evening and it's just like, I'm tired. And sometimes our youngest son is really loud. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. Uh, I love it about him. And then like on some days I'm just like, I can't. I can't. I would say it's just any normal family dynamic. It's yeah. just the biggest challenge is having that feeling of it being someone that's not your family member coming over. It takes a while for that to go away, even for us to feel like you guys weren't hosting us. Like, it took me a while to just go into your fridge and grab food without asking first. And now, now I come over and I just grab food. Which is it's fun to see that development, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It feels awkward at first. Mm -hmm. It's all new. You're bringing an adult, adopting an adult into your family. You're new coming into someone else's household who were a couple years ago just acquaintances. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're part of a family. Yeah. It's such a strange dynamic transitioning. Yeah, it is. It's not just like, oh, we're family. Like as much as we said, like it felt really natural, like the Lord, like putting it together. It still means that there's bombs. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Have we ever, have we had a family conflict yet? I would just say just our personal issues that all come up. We discuss them and walk through them as a family should. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't think we've had. No, we haven't had any like drama, which is very like strange for me. Like with my side of the family, like conflict was definitely there and so it's like i think that's been a really big strange challenge for me at first i'm like did i talk too much or like oh did they have the energy for that conversation so like it, it's taken me a long time to not overthink mm. how i did coming over but now it's like i just come over and we'll just talk about i think the other night i'm just able to casually tell you on christmas day i'm like oh yeah i miss my dad right now and you're like oh yeah understandable and then we just moved on but it's like yeah that was like a big challenge for me learning what family is again also like finding where my place is in the dynamic yeah because it, there are some differences too mm -hmm. i'm not going to have the same hugs as i would mm -hmm. right yeah like there's still boundaries especially you coming in as an adult yeah and also like i'm not the biggest hugger anyways but no like we have that boundary and then i think it was a little challenging at first between me and the oldest because now i'm the oldest but they've been the oldest so it's that's a fun dynamic because it's like yeah. 
if we're playing if we're playing a board game or doing something at the table, like we will both do something like, no, you can't do that right now. We just sit there and it's like, hmm, but like he can't boss me around because I am older than him and I will not let him. <laughs> he needs that humbling though. I humble him. I humble him. But it's been really good. I think the biggest challenge is just having that relaxed feeling coming. I don't know if that, like that's a word I think would be good to explain it. I don't know about you. Where it feels like... You're not just safe as an individual, but you're safe coming into a house, uh, feeling like you're part of the house. Mm -hmm. Well, like, I actually feel like a kid again. And, like, maybe, like, sometimes, like, I, as an adult, like, maybe I should be like, oh, should I ask if we can have a deep conversation right now? But I feel more, like, welcome just to sit down and be like, hey, can I talk to you about this? And then, like, you guys being there. So, yeah. yeah how do you guys feel about that? Like, with managing having an adult with, like, trauma and having some of the like, harder emotional conversations with me. I think like when we use the word adoption, we know we're not bringing in a stranger into the house anymore. So with adoption comes all those hard conversations and we need to be open to that. And we are happy to hear those conversations because when you open up, it, it means that we are trusted mm -hmm. and we are your family. And we, we can contribute to that part of you, which we didn't have with you growing up. No, that's true. Right. So we're obviously happy to have those conversations, the difficult ones. There are still those dynamics where I could take my daughter, Caitlin, out to a movie and a coffee, but that would be awkward for me to do that with you. Oh, yeah. No, we don't do that. We don't do that. That's like that's like a really firm boundary. I, I think that would be a question that like I wouldn't be surprised if like listeners would want to ask is like, there are gaps in it. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, you've stepped into my life in this role, but there's gaps that you would, don't take this personally, you are never going to be able to fulfill. There are certain things that like, in not having my earthly dad in my life that I don't get to have. I'm glad this came up because it's, um, recently, I finally like feel like some of the father wounds have healed enough that I've been able to start talking to God about it. Because you weren't able to relate to him as a father Not for the all. long time. No, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even say I relate to him as a father now. I think I'm. I'm just starting. Like it's like I'm scratching the surface. But like I had a really good healing encounter with him about a month ago, and I felt like he asked me like, "What is the biggest thing you miss about your dad?" And I was like, "I don't want to talk about this." And then I did. I felt like you know God showed me a picture of like sitting in that garage I wasn't a kid and like instead of it being my dad he was there and in it I feel like I finally realized the thing that I miss the most about my dad is because I felt like a weirdo and a misfit and misunderstood most of my life as a kid he never made me feel that way and he always really championed me in that and helped me not to make change myself to fit in and I realized it was that delight I missed and it was that delight that like I get from you guys in this sense like you're like I'm proud of you look at you guys go but it's not the same not to like sound mean but it will never be the same with the emotional boundaries it shouldn't be because like that's that's a big emotion between a father and a daughter and then in that I was able to finally realize that like that delight that my dad used to have is what the Lord has with me and I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't had someone in my life that I can have the things that is appropriate in this dynamic, in this relationship, within the boundaries, to be able to explore 
the pieces that you're not able to with the Lord and to go to him for that. And I think that's been really vital and important. When there's a challenge where it's like, mm, I don't think this is something that like I can go to him about or it's like, I'll go talk to like your wife about it or like I'll go talk to the Lord about it. But I'm just starting to see that I'm more open to even starting to talk about God being my father. And so it's been very interesting in the last couple of months having that and just the change it's had for me in my relationship and my walk with him. You said there are obviously things that I would never be able to fulfill as an adoptive dad. Mm-hmm. So let's go there a little bit. This poses a scenario. What if your dad, all of a sudden, his mind shifts and his heart shifts, he becomes a Christian mm-hmm. and he steps back into your life. He seeks you out, uh, wants reconciliation. What would that scenario be like for you? Um, at first and where I'm at now, I would reconcile with him to the point that he's forgiven and knows that I'm excited for him. And it's really cool to see God working in his life that way. But I wouldn't want to reconcile with him as a father. And I don't think I'd be able to. Like, he missed so much of my life. And he's missed so many important things that we can't redo. We can't recreate it. And, like, for the listeners, this is going to sound really blunt. But I don't really... I don't really want him back in my life now. I really enjoy being a part of this family and this dynamic. And from what I know of him, I don't think he'd be okay with it. And if he's not going to be okay with it, then it's like, no thanks. I'm married now. And it's like, you know, one day we'll have kids. Like, I have to think about them as well. And just at this point, I'd be really happy for him. And I think I'd be open to being friends. Like, I wouldn't necessarily not be like never talk to me again but i don't think that father-daughter relationship right now i don't really want it because i've gone so long without it and like i've grieved him like i've gone through living grief he's still alive but i've grieved him as if he's not and so it would be really really difficult even just to go and have a cup of coffee and i don't know if i'd want to even talk to him about the ways he has hurt me so for where i'm at right now and just like having you guys, I'm like, I don't need it. And of course, I wanted to become a Christian. I want to see him healed. Like, And I also know for myself, I might never be ready to have him again in my life that way. And I think something I'm starting to reconcile with me is like, that's okay. I can still want him to be a Christian and to be healed, but also accept the fact that he's not really my dad in that relationship sense. So that's currently where I'm at with it. And I feel like that would just be my response in the beginning is like, you're not, yeah, you're not my dad. And I need to get to know you and you need to get to know me. And so I think it would be more of a friendship dynamic that would come out. I don't even know because like, I don't know him without any PTSD. Like if he was completely healed, he'd be a complete stranger to me. It would be weird. So yeah, that's where I'm at with it currently. I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners all have a bunch of different thoughts on on what you just said. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Yeah. They're not in your situation. No. And we have some of the tough, difficult conversations on this podcast. And not everything is always rosy, even the way we, mm-hmm. we think, right? But like you said, you, you hope for restoration. Mm-hmm. You hope he finds Christ because that's where he's going to find ultimate fulfillment. Uh, that's where he's going to find healing. But I mean, scripture talks about leaving and cleaving yeah. from your parents. Yeah. And you, you have a spouse now too, right? Your life is shifted and changed. So the dynamics are just 
It's complicated. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure there will be listeners that are like, oh, maybe you could have a father relationship. I'm like, I'd just be fine being friends with him, honestly. Like, just to talk to him every once in a while. But I've got the Lord and like, I have your guys' family. And it's like, I think that just really shows how life changing and how vital it was to be able to be adopted into a family in this way and just to see the Lord w- walk that out and where it's like, no, I would rather like continue to pour into like into my siblings now and like you guys as my parents. And if my dad can accept that, then I think my answer would be different. But that's where I'm at with it currently. And everyone's different. And I don't know what the Lord's going to do with him. You might become a Christian and get radically saved and then just decide to not contact me out of love, just to not put me through that difficult situation and those difficult conversations. And Okay, I'm going to shift the conversation a little bit here because we're still early on in this journey. Mm-hmm. You've officially been adopted for about a year and a half. Yeah. Undocumented. Yeah, undocumented. <laughs> we know you still have a relationship with your mom and your sister. And like as adopted parents, we know you have someone else that you still call mom Mm -hmm. and another person you call sister. And we want to honor that. Mm -hmm. Have you found it difficult to be able to honor them in being adopted into another family? That's a really good question. The wedding has some dynamics that were tricky and there's grace. But I think like a way to show honor, because it's early on, like my mom hasn't been out to visit in Winnipeg since the wedding. And like an event that will be coming up that she probably will be here at the same time as when I do convocate with my degree. And I think it's part of that honoring is like having her over for a meal and letting her continue to get to know you guys and know that she's not necessarily like a part of the family, but that she's not not allowed to come and know you guys. And like that she can come in and still be my mom when I introduce her to mom. That'll be fun. Like mom, meet mom. Um, I'm sure you probably have trouble saying that though. That's been a new thing that I've started referring to you guys as mom and dad. That's been a very recent thing and it is hard. Well, especially seeing how you were one of my interns and I was always Johan. Yeah. I still mostly call you guys by your first names, but it's still early on. (laughs) It's still early on. And I think it's more so where I refer to you guys as mom and dad. It's like with other people. And so the only time it gets really complicated is like people that have known me before they're like, what? I'm like, I thought your dad was like this. I'm like, okay, this, hmm. I need to get a good name for my tip for the other dad. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think part of honoring it is just like if they're in the Winnipeg or something, letting them know that like they can come and like connect with you guys too and get to see that dynamic and see that like they're not being replaced. And my sister's like, she's like, cool. She's really great. And she's like another person I really deeply admire. And I'm really proud of where she is and what she's done and just her journey through it too. And so it was really nice when like, I first talked to her about it like she was like no I'm, I'm happy for you and so just knowing that her and I just have this bond where we're just we know that we're going to be sisters and we also know that we are on two completely different directions in life and that we love each other and that's enough and so yeah I think that's just the biggest thing in honoring it is just letting my family know that they're included and that they get to come and even just get to know you guys as friends and like not feel that like replacement thing yeah okay let's let's have a theoretical question here what do you see our dynamic looking like 10 years from now? Hmm. What I see is, I've actually talked about this with a friend. Um, like in 10 years, like I'm for sure going to have at least one kid. And so. And we're like, honestly, that's, 
I, I mean, I'm not that old, but yeah, the idea of having grandkids earlier than expected, right? Earlier than expected is kind of that's mm-hmm. kind of exciting. Yeah, no, it, it will be. You're really... not pregnant. No, no. <laughs> As of this recording, <laughs> can you imagine the announcement on the podcast today? <laughs> um, not pregnant. <laughs> no, I think in ten years, what I see is. My mom being like the grandma that like get to go and like visit in Saskatchewan and like have that really good memories of getting to be in the house that they're in. And, you know, my mom being someone that like they can talk to on video call and be like the person that I think my mom would be the best person to explain about my dad and in a really child friendly way. And I would trust her to do that. And I just honestly see it that my kids are going to have three sets of grandparents, basically. And I'm really excited for that because I thought my kids would only have the one set and then they would feel that gap and that lack. And instead, they just get to feel more richness and more fullness. And so I really see it being like, not necessarily that my mom would be a part of the family, but I do eventually see her being like friends with you guys and having a dynamic that like there might be challenges and probably conflicts on that side. But I could really see from what I see now with the hearts and stuff, especially when when kids get involved, you know, I just really see it being like very rich. And very full and no gaps. Like it's just, it's going to be good and it's going to be a really good testimony. And something that like my kids get to inherit is that they're going to have like three grandmas. And I think that's just going to be so cool to have three really awesome women in their lives that they can look up to. And I mean, it'll be great for Jaden and I too. Like we're going to have a lot of support. So if we need to like go and have some time just to connect by ourselves, like someone will take the kids. And so I'm really excited to watch that. I think that's what I'm most excited for in 10 years. Because my mom does desire friendship with you guys and like knowing you. And I know she did feel like accepted by you guys and like included. And so I'm just really excited to see see what God's going to do with that. And there is a generational blessing that starts with you being adopted in, right? Mm-hmm. Is those kids don't have to grow up not having the grandparents. Mm-hmm. At 10 years from now, like it'll be... They, they will have grandparents from the day that they're born. Mm-hmm. I think it'll also be really cool because like in 10 years, like I'm sure one of, one of the sibs will be married, maybe two, possibly all three. Possibly. Possibly. And like, who knows? Like we might even have like cousins at that point or be like close to having cousins. So it'll just be really, it'll just be beautiful and really rich and like really like just show God's goodness, honestly. Because like the only reason you can explain it is that like this is something that God has done. And it is good and it's for his glory. And like I said in the first episode, that's what got me through the hard stuff. It's just, I just need to love God and he's going to figure it out and it's going to glorify him. And in 10 years, I think it's really going to be that. I know for me, when I think 10 years from now, I, I got a big smile on my face on the inside when I think about 10 years. Yeah. I don't know. I think about the Bible verse, Psalm 127, sons are a heritage from the Lord and children a reward from him. So, I mean, your daughter, but eventually probably there's some grandkids, maybe some grandsons in there. But I just feel like you are part of the reward the Lord has given to me. Hmm. And 10 years from now, I get to see more fruit of that. And walking through more experiences with you, mm-hmm. you and Jaden feeling more and more comfortable to call us mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And Corey and I feeling more confident when we say we have four kids, Mm -hmm. just going through those trials and those awesome times where we are just comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. We're just excited for the years to come and Mm -hmm. what the Lord is going to do through you guys as we get to see 
mm-hmm. more fruit and see what the Lord works in a whole other couple that we can call children. Yeah. And that's just a blessing to us. Yeah. And it's kind of cool to have a son-in-law that's an engineer too. So that's kind of neat. That is neat. Yeah, he is an engineer. We are polar opposites, but we work together so well. You know, just to end it off here, because like I think you and I could talk about the family dynamic for yeah, hours. Like probably. These last two episodes. What do we want to leave with out of this? I think like the biggest thing, like the whole purpose behind this podcast wasn't just for us to go down memory lane and like get to like talk about this, which was nice, but being able to highlight like care impact, like part of it is like talking about the hard issues, but also highlighting individuals that are hidden within the church. And I think, in my opinion, that there are many people who either have disconnected relationships with their parents or even grandparents, like honestly, and are missing that. I just really want people to know that it's okay to explore that, especially when God's leading, because you can set the appropriate boundaries that work for you. And it's just a way, like you said, to like bring more richness, not just to the lives of those that are being adopted and those that are coming in, but also to those who are doing the adopting. And so I just really would want to encourage listeners that it is scary and it's challenging, especially in the beginning. But it's worth it. But it's so worth it. And it was so life-changing for me. And so not like, like, don't go ask people, be like, do you have a dad or not? But like, (laughs) I just, I really want to put the spotlight on people who are fatherless or motherless or like, even those who just have lost grandparents, even if they were great, but like you're just missing that gap and you really want to have that again. Like, don't be afraid to ask the Lord for it. And don't be afraid the Lord moves you into a place that you get to do that for someone else. And I just think it's a beautiful thing to explore, like, you know, spiritual adoption and like that stuff because the Bible talks about it. And, you know, like Romans would just pick up abandoned babies off the street. There you go, new kid. And so it's just, it's rich and it's full and it's scary, but. I'm pretty sure that's a really good definition of God's sovereignty is it's rich and it's full and it's terrifying, but everything works out for his glory and for his goodness. And so let him put a spotlight on people that might have been told that this is inappropriate once they turn into an adult. But the good thing about adult children is talking about boundaries and stuff is a lot easier and it's good. I'm just going to end it there because that's a good bike drop. Thank you for joining another conversation on Journey with Care where we inspire curious Canadians on their path of faith and living life with purpose in community. Journey with Care is an initiative of Care Impact, a Canadian charity dedicated to connecting and equipping the whole church to journey well in community. You can visit their website at careimpact.ca or visit journeywithcare.ca to get more information on weekly episodes, Journey with Prayer, and details about our upcoming events and meetups. You can also leave us a message, share your thoughts, and connect with like-minded individuals who are on their own journeys of faith and purpose. Thank you for sharing this podcast and helping these stories reach the community. Together we can explore ways to journey in a good way. And always remember to stay curious.